This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Hi, guys. I'm excited for you to get to experience this incredible conversation that I had with Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus on The Chosen. Now, if you've never seen The Chosen, I would encourage you to go watch all of the seasons. It is transformative. I first stumbled across it when it was in season one, and I remember just weeping in my bed as I watched just a new portrayal of Jesus. And what was really special and unique about this portrayal, and I really believe it's one of the reasons The Chosen has reached so far in the world, is that Jesus was so emotional. And I think we've often seen Jesus portrayed as very um, steady and calm and not reacting to things. And yet this Jesus smiled at moments that you would have thought he would have been angry. And you see just this humanness that he was living on earth with, that he was God, fully God, but he also was fully man. And he experienced the breadth of emotions. And so some of you know, I have been working on a project called Untangle Your Emotions for a long time. I've been studying emotions. And one thing that I believe is transformative and even provocative about this project is that emotions are not the enemy. Emotions are not sinful. We, we so often demonize emotions and try to get rid of negative emotions. And yet God is emotional. And we see that most through Jesus. And he made us in his image. And therefore we are emotional like God. And the gift of emotions is that we're able to be fully connected to God and other people in a vulnerable and deeper way. And so I love this conversation. You're going to get to hear me ask a lot of things I was curious about as Jonathan played this part and and decided how he was going to portray Jesus. He did it in such a powerful way. So welcome to the set of The Chosen, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jonathan Rumi. Jonathan, such fun to meet with you. And I am really excited just to hear your thoughts on playing this role. This had to be very surprising for you. Did you imagine <laughs> in your wildest dreams? Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for sitting down with me. It's a, it's an honor and a, and a, and a delight for me as well, uh, Jenny. No, I never imagined I would be doing this uh, playing this role, I, you know, I, at some point in my, my life, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna endeavor to become an actor full time. Uh, I, I couldn't have predicted that it would be as Jesus. And your spiritual journey plays a part even in, in you saying yes to this, yes? Oh, 100%. I believe in order for this to actually come to fruition in my life, I had to completely surrender my own will of what I wanted for my life, my concept of what my career should look like, specifically my career, and and uh, fully let God uh, take charge over what my future would look like. So you got a phone call. What, what, how did you know about this opportunity? I played Jesus in short films for Dallas Jenkins, the, the creator of the show, uh, for his church's Good Friday service. So we had already had a working relationship for like the previous four years and uh, a shorthand. Mm -hmm. um, those films essentially became, uh, with with his short film, The Shepherd, became like a, a workshop for the series yeah. and how he would approach the series, how he, he approached biblical subject matter. Um, so so it was a matter of just like picking up the sandals and putting them on again and, and doing it for a lot longer period of time. 
Was there a time where you realized, wow, there are going to be a lot of people that watch the show and see me and <laughs> think of Jesus? It's surreal, uh, specifically with the character of Jesus, because you quickly realize that the celebrity experience playing Jesus is unlike any other celebrity experience at all. It's not like, it's, it's unlike a Marvel character, it's unlike yeah. a Star Wars character. It's, it's a, a relationship that people are keying into, a character that people are connecting to because of their existing relationship with Jesus, because of the deepening of that relationship with Jesus that they already have. Uh, which inevitably is the most intimate and important relationship that a person could have. Yeah. Or it's introducing them to this person of Jesus that is making them question what they mm. knew or what they thought they knew about him and compelling them to get to know him if they don't know him. So being the face of that encounter, of that experience, mm all of a sudden transforms them when they're met with me in a store. And they're like, wait a second, you know? And I've had a gamut of, of uh, emotions and uh, reactions. Uh, people, Some people will literally just start crying. Um, other people will ask me to pray for them, pray over them. I've had people um, who've been suffering with depression who had brain cancer asked me to lay hands on them, mm. pray for them. Um, I once had a, th this was one of the most emotional, emotionally overwhelming experiences I had. I, I was, um, I appeared at a, a conference with a pastor um, to a, an arena full of people. Afterwards, as I was leaving, I, I met this woman who had her son with her and he was suffering from cerebral palsy and he was in a wheelchair and he couldn't talk. He could just kind of make sound, but he, he couldn't talk and he couldn't, you know, he obviously walk or anything like that. So I thought I was just going to say hello and there were fans and stuff. And she proceeded to tell me how their favorite episode uh, from the first season is uh, Jesus's healing of the paralytic that comes through the roof of Zebedee's house, James and John's father's house. And she said, wouldn't it be great if God did that for my son? And she's looking at me, and I'm like thinking, like, oh, I, it's, I don't, as right. far as I know, I don't have that power, right? That gift, but I'd be happy to pray with with your son. Would that be okay? And she's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we prayed, and I gave him a hug, and he was really happy, and she was happy, and I left, and I burst into tears. I bet because I thought I'm on some level, I must have let her down. Like yeah. in the back of her mind, she, she, she may have been just hoping like maybe, maybe there's a chance mm -hmm. and trying to live up to that, uh, is impossible. It's just not possible. What does that burden feel like for you? Just knowing so many people are getting maybe their first taste of who Jesus is. I think it's, it's a privilege. But I was so affected by media that I had watched this, this miniseries called Jesus of Nazareth, one of my favorites. And uh, I, I mean, that's the power of, of media. And so when I see people reacting the way they do, 
I know that the, that that the Holy Spirit can use whatever He wants to 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 reach people and to draw people closer to God. Mm -hmm. And I and it sounds like that's what God is using this for. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should at least be simple. That's why for the last year and a half, I've been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel focused, ready to take on the day. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. AG1 is an essential part of my morning routine because I noticed that I needed more nutrient support than I was getting with taking kind of a random mix of vitamins and supplements, especially when I traveled. And so AG1 covers all my bases with high quality ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. So I know that if I drink it every single morning, I'm going to feel that extra boost. If there was one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1, and that's why we've partnered with them for so long. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash made for this. That's drinkag1.com slash made for this. Check it out. Have there been moments that you felt confused as to how to play it, that, that you wonder what Jesus was thinking and, and what he was feeling? I, I mean, I wonder all the time. I can never get hung up on it because then I'm, I'm then assuming responsibility and, and like control over this and this has nothing to do with me. Like this, it, 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 it's me then controlling and not surrendering. So if I'm truly surrendering, all I can do is is say a little prayer that I that I usually do, like Lord, let people see Your face and not mine. Let them hear Your words and not mine, and let them experience You through me in this project. It's so so interesting to hear you talk about it because it's really what we all should be praying about our whole lives, right? A thousand percent. There's no <laughs> difference between art and life in, right. this, in it's, this situation. It's how can we help people see You, and how do we represent You well? And you just have a unique, a little bit of a unique role in it. So let's talk about just some of your favorite moments. What what have been the moments where you finish the scene and you like God better? The times where I feel like I really connected mm -hmm. emotionally to a scene. For easy context, just going to, you know, re referring to the first episode of the series. At the end of the episode, um, Jesus has an encounter with Mary Magdalene. It's the first time we see Jesus in the series, where he meets her, how he meets her, and what ensues as he meets her and the things he says to her and her response and their embrace. That's something that when we did it, felt sacred. That and a number of scenes in this, but that is always one where I, I, every time I see it, it's like I'm seeing it for the first time and I get completely moved by it. And to me, that can only be, that can only come from above. Like there's, there's something so specifically uh, sacred about that scene when it can move people uh, repeatedly. Mm. Uh, you know that that's, that's, has something that's, has nothing to do with the human interaction. Well, and, and to play a character that everyone, like you're saying, is so well acquainted with. Yeah. There's a 
million ways that could go badly. True. So God is cheesy, yes. you know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. just on the nose, uh, just cliche, yeah. uh, preachy. And this, fortunately, our, our writers are fantastic. And we, we don't, we don't have that come up no. at all with this, with this series. It's, it's, it's one of the reasons why I, I, I did it because in working with Dallas, he's such a great writer. You, seeing the material, it all starts with, with the material, with sure. the script, right? And if the script doesn't work, mm-hmm. I, I can't bring myself to do it because then I have, then there's, there's an amount of lying that's involved. And, and a lot of people have this misconception that uh, to be a good actor, you have to be a good liar. That's, that's the an, an anathema to the truth. It's the opposite of that. To be a, a good actor or a great actor or an authentic actor, you have to be completely devoted to uh, truth. Truth amidst uh, circumstances that are fictitious. Mm. You know, it's, it's, you're, you're telling the truth in fictional circumstances. That's it. You can't, it, w- right. the minute somebody starts faking a moment right. or lying or you they're not it. connected, you're like, I don't buy it for a minute. Yeah. I can see his acting. Yeah. I can see her acting. You don't buy it. So right. you, you have to be devoted to the truth. And if there's, if there's uh, scenes that are badly written or falsely written or just cliche or, or on the nose, you, uh, it's, I, I can't. And especially with Christian media, it's why so much of it has a bad rap because it's, for some reason, I think people get, and this is, a, uh, forgive me, because but it's a topic that I get passionate about. It's like pe- people tend to think like, well, just just get the message out and don't worry about the quality. Hmm. And there's an audience for that, sure. But it's to me, that's a very small right. audience. That's the choir. And the choir has already right. been, peached, been preached to a thousand times. What, what about the people that really need to hear the message, that need to be exposed? Well, speaking of that, one of my favorite things in my research was watching the Gen Z mm. gathering. And so, you know, there, there just for context to anybody listening, there were about 12 Gen Z people that came in that didn't know each other that all came from different backgrounds, really compelling stories. And they just watched The Chosen. Yeah. They didn't tell them what they were watching. They just put them in a room and just said, we're going to show you this, yeah. this, this and, series. And um, most of them didn't have a relationship with God or, or definitely had a broken one. What did that mean for you to see the next generation really wanting God because of this show? Because it spoke to them through a media that they're very well acquainted with. It spoke to them in a language right. they understand readily, uh, a language that they're fluent in, which is media and entertainment. I mean, they're, most of them are raised with screens. Yeah, I wasn't. So it's to kind of have that and all of a sudden then to 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 have this 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 unexpected approach to the subject matter that's not coming from um this sort of a a concrete pulpit or something that feels they don't relate to judgmental yeah. or feels angry or feels like that they can't relate to it uh to see mm-hmm. it done in a way where we believe on the show is is closer to how how Christ probably approached people that didn't know him or believe he was who he said he was and you know be washed with with love and and forgiveness and compassion um and then feel like relatable human beings at the same time yeah uh that that i think that shocked many of them and opened a few of their hearts uh pretty wide 
Maybe like me, it has taken you many, many years to figure out how to style and maintain and take care of my natural hair texture. And Pros has made it incredibly easy. Ever since I switched to a custom hair and skin routine with Pros, I have noticed so many benefits, healthier hair and skin. Yes, beyond that too. I'm a pretty like low-key, minimalist, get-ready kind of girl. And so especially when I am busy and there's a lot going on. And so Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. So everything that you get, all of your bottles will have your name, your zip code on it because they are made to order for you. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. So this is a great example. My custom shampoo and conditioner were formulated to help my blonde highlighted hair not get brassy quickly. And so my conditioner has a little bit of a purple tint to it so that after I wash, then my conditioner, I can let it sit in my hair. And I have never gotten so many compliments on my hair color this time. Pros even has a review and refine tool that learns from my feedback and then adjusts my formula to keep up with seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash made for this. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash made for this. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash made for this. There were moments, and I'm just going to speak really personally to this, that I had read in the Gospels before, and they felt to me like moments that Jesus was very angry with his disciples, that, that, that he was frustrated with them. And you play these parts. I mean, let's go with um, the competition you see with, is it James and John? Things like that, moments like that, where you just laugh like you just did, kind of. And there's so much grace for everyone. Was that always clear to you in the scriptures or, or do you hope for it or do you, what does that felt like to, to work that out? Because I do think it surprises people. It's like a parent with a toddler. You, how, how much can you reprimand the toddler when, when he messes up? He's, he's just learning. And, and I, I kind of have to take that approach when, when thinking about, well, what, what, what would Jesus do in this situation? They don't know what they don't know. And he's trying to teach them what they don't know. And it's going to take a minute. Yeah. It took three years of his ministry and they still didn't quite right. get it. You know? Yeah. Until, really, until the resurrection. And I want to camp here specifically for just a minute because I've been working and studying on a project about emotions. And I think we've really confused emotion. I think we have demonized it and mm. thought even that God is looking down on our fear or our anger and judging it. And so I think that has, throughout the history of the church, at different points, been the case. And so it certainly is now. And so there's a lot of shame around our own emotions, right? I mean, you, you play Jesus very emotionally, and, yeah. and, you, and you're comfortable with that. There's no tension for you in that. No, I mean, when you think about the fullness of Jesus's humanity, I believe that he had to experience emotion on a level that was uh, above and beyond even regular humans. Like mm. the God of the universe is now made flesh. He invented emotion. Right. He, he created it. He's the author of all of it. 
how is he not going to feel for his children? You know, and I, 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 I honestly, th- I mean, and he did, it's only written maybe once or twice where, you know, Jesus wept, like where, where he, it, there's a display, but then usually with, with the, the gospel writers, there's very specific reasons they put in the information that they do given the audience that they're writing for. Each of the gospel writers wrote for different audiences. So God was fully human. He had to have been sad and happy and joyous and frustrated and angry. Well, and I even, I even felt like afraid in Gethsemane, right? I mean, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. He went through everything. Mind blowing when you think about it. Cause you, it almost feels heretical to say that, that God would feel those things, but I see. I don't understand like how, how it could be taken by anyone as negative, as heretical, but how? Because fear, fear is uh, all the verses that say do not fear. Yeah. So I think, I think it has become just. But that's not see. Joy I, is what we're supposed to be, and we're supposed to be courageous, and we're you know these. Well, without things. without fear, you have no experience of joy. Like right. how there is no contrast. It's do not fear. Do not let fear overrun your life. Do not let it rule your life. But there's somebody running at with at a, with you running at you with an axe. Okay, get out of there. Use your fear to motivate you to run. Or do something, or you know, like just to get out of there. It's 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 healthy. All of the emotions are healthy. One of the first things that I learned um, when I when I was training in New York for as an actor, that no emotion uh, is better or worse than the other one. Mm. Is more valid or less valid than another one? It's just not because it's all part of the human experience. And as a as a well trained a complete actor, you need to be able to access any single one of them without judgment, without shame, without any of that. Otherwise, you'll be a very limited actor. So if there are scenes coming up where Jesus is angry, well, God was angry at times, but it's a righteous anger. It's not venomous. It's not specific to the same kind of anger or justified in the way that uh, it would be or wouldn't be for humans. It's God's wrath and why is he wrathful? When do we see Jesus angry? Well, it's when the authorities who claim to be, you know, uh, uh, the spiritual leaders of the people are then taking advantage of the people and, and, um, mocking the, the temple. It's, you know, and so Jesus is flipping tables. He's using a whip. You're like, whoa, you know, I'm excited about that. (laughs) So we don't get to see that very often but i mean and even in season four this season we're shooting right now people will see sides of jesus's emotional life they haven't seen before do you feel there are ways you have encountered jesus in a different way playing this part just internally for yourself i'm constantly being asked to go to um go further in my surrendering i feel like there are uh things that I have to contend with more than previously. I, and I, I think as a, as a person who believes in the idea of uh, spiritual warfare, I'm so blessed I've got so many people that are praying for me. And I'm praying for so many of our, uh, for our entire cast and crew and everybody in media, uh, for you, for everybody that, that is on this crusade to, to keep Christ in the culture yeah. to, to keep uh, him centered in people's lives. 
and uh, to be able to continue to get to do what we do. Um, and for, you know, uh, just just uh, people's uh, strength and courage to be increased uh, when we're under so much uh, scrutiny and uh, fire for just having our own beliefs. What would you say to the person that wants to know Jesus, that wants a relationship with him? Start talking to him. It's <laughs> good. And just start talking to him. And then if you're feeling pretty good about that, pick up a Bible. And then if that goes well, find a church. I'm just picturing what Jesus thinks of all this. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Don't picture too hard. I, I, I'm, I'm afraid to know. No. Uh, <laughs> you think he's entertained? I think he's, I think he, I think he's pretty entertained. <laughs> I would hope that he's at least smiling. I think so. Well, what I love is that I love more other people and I love God more after I watch the show. And that just causes me to believe he is very pleased with it. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and bring you peace. All right, so as we begin, I want you to text your questions or thoughts to our phone number. It's 214-225-6267, and we'll be reading them, going through them, and answering some of them on the podcast as we go. The number is 214-225-6267. We want you to engage. This is so vulnerable to stick this out into the whole wide world, and so as you read it, yeah, be sure and let us know how it's impacting you. must know.